Good morning. 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 Are you gonna say hi? That's oh, so nah. be quiet. No, now you're shy. Alright, so as you beautiful people that realized last week I wasn't about. <laughs> I was chasing babes. I was being a pagan. If only that was the case. <laughs> well no, I was running my, my my poetry workshop. So I couldn't be here. Mm. It was good, we talked about stuff But um at the at the workshop, um, Ade was there. Hang tight, Ade, one of our listeners. Shout out, Ade. Yeah, uh, we got to talking about the, about about marriage counselling and just stuff. And I thought, you know, I can't speak about that much because <laughs> never had marriage counselling before. But Peter's going through it now. Moses has been through it, yeah, so I thought it would make an informative. Um, Conversation for those who are who are planning to go through it or maybe going through it now. And mm. uh, so yeah, so I guess the first question is, are you doing marriage counselling through your church? Because that's something that came up. Mm. Um, like we're talking about how at neither of our churches there's there's like a set marriage counselling course. Yeah. Maybe because there's 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 not many people of the married the, the marrying sort in our church right now, so there's never been a need for. For like a course, yeah. Well, at least for like the time that I've been there, I'm, yeah. I've never known there to be marriage counselling sessions. Yeah. So, Peter, so I'm not doing it in my church because my church don't have a course, as you said. Um, I thought we were about to say something reckless like my church is whack. Oh, no, what what tends to happen is the pastor will like schedule dates with him, he will have his own kind of one to one, so it kind of varies. Based on the past, so based on what their, you know, focus is. Um, but my, my ladies' church, they have a, um, a marriage counselling, like a full, well-documented, well-planned-out course. Um, and so I'm doing it with her church. Do you have a workbook? We do have a workbook. So how come I've never seen the workbook? Obviously, where is it? Do you drive in the car? Have you written in it? No. Do you have it with you? It's what? It's a PDF uh, document. Oh, is, is it like a journal where you type into it as well? No. Okay, so you haven't written your feelings in it. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> so how long have you been marriage counselling now? Four sessions, I think we've been to. Okay, and, and how's it been so far? It's been good. So her church, they, and I think I've mentioned this before, they, they talk about sex so freely. <laughs> uh, so frequently, as you should, as, as you should. It, I, like I said, it's refreshing that they, <laughs> they, you know. Uh, and even the 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 pastor that leads it, he knows the church I'm from. He knows Pentecost people, so he was like, "Oh, you must be feeling uncomfortable because we don't talk about it at all." Um, and it's like, yeah, it's it's good. It demystifies a lot of things. But but but, but it's not her pastor. Uh, what is it? Isn't it like closely related to a Pentecostal? I can't remember what the... It is a Pentecostal church as well, yeah. But in the sense of you, the Church of Pentecost, which is my one, mm-hmm. they don't... They shy away from the topic so much. You know, like, it's it's such a taboo topic to talk about. So it's... He, he, he knows that and he was like... When he found that I was from Church of Pentecost, he literally was like, you must be feeling uncomfortable. 
different because we talk about sex and we, we talk about so freely. Mm. It would be so dope to, like, one day you start about size seven. Let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> I'm actually waiting for, like, the next time my pastor says, Robert, you can talk about whatever you want to. I'm, I'm actually thinking about doing... <laughs> doing the... Let's start with, like, a salt and pepper track. Ah! Shit! So what about you, Mo? Did, did you do marriage counselling for your, for your church? No, um... For me, it was a case of whilst we were looking for churches, we realised that... Looking for churches for... For the wedding. Okay. We realised that um, most of the churches that would perform the wedding would want you to do their marriage their marriage counselling. Okay. So, there was, um, so you had to do it with them if they're going to, like, um, if you're going to have the wedding at theirs and their minister's going to be doing it. And what denomination was the church you got married at? Um, a Baptist. Okay. Baptist church. Um, we found that most of the pastors that we were going to, or most of the churches we were going to, because we were asking them to perform the wedding ceremony, they were asking us, what about your church? Why can't your church do it? This and that. Um, Why couldn't your church do it? Because we were both in between churches. And Jamelia's pastor literally just died. So her church wouldn't, wasn't able to do it. And the church that I was at was a church plant, and the pastor there wasn't authorised to run weddings legally anyways um, so yeah that course was a, oh, I think it was like a four session course um, how, how long did you want to run for Peter? six months <laughs> <laughs> so we go for four courses it's 24 sessions essentially because it's one a week but yeah six months and right. it's like it's like six months straight yeah wow. If you, if, you miss, if you miss three, they'll shift you on to the next, the next term or whatever. And how long are these courses? Six months. Six months. No, no, I mean, I mean like how long is each session? I mean, uh, it's normally like two hours. It's like seven wow. till seven till nine is supposed to be. I mean, he's he's finished early sometimes, but yeah. Seven till nine. Obviously, because like suddenly like you've got to get home to, <laughs> to your family. Yeah. I do like it. I do appreciate it though. Like yeah. So what's been the awkward, the, the, the most awkward thing you talked about? Well, sex. Nah, not, no, even, yeah. not, not even, not even. Because with our one, it's a um, the first. I don't know how many, but you start off in a group, in a group scenario. So it's a group of us. So like a orgy. No, you said a group. Started a group scenario. That's not the only group scenario. Cheating exams was a was a group scenario. AA is a group scenario. Gosh, it's a group. It's not a group scenario. This is a group what, what, scenario. What, what, this is a group scenario. The, the, the worst scenario is not needed in in any setting that you've spoken about so far. Anyway, so because it's a group thing, um, you know, it it, it kind of gets interesting because. You know, they, they all, you know, ask their questions and stuff like that. And, you know, obviously you have to be wise and not ask things that will put the other person, you know, make them feel awkward or whatever. Like what? Like one guy asked about <laughs> if, you, if you're getting married to someone and they have their dream, but then they're trying to, like, you also have your dream. But they want you to put your dream on hold. What do you do? Have you said the short street marriage counselling sessions like that? Man's throwing in direct, <laughs> right in her face or his face. It's like, oh, you're not asking this for a friend, are you? No. <laughs> and you know the ones you look at. You look at the, your partner's face. What do you do then? <laughs> Trying to make me put my dreams on hold. And it's like, yeah. So 
it's it's been interesting when they've talked about something like sex as well you know someone asks oh what if someone asks literally um you know if what if you you were once like in your before christ you're a porn star and then you're getting married to like a virgin what do you do you put the work in like you know what you're doing like, you guys are asking these questions just you know in, in a group <laughs> setting. It's just that's 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 kind of what I find awkward. The, the fact that we're in a group and you're asking such you know personal individual questions, mm. it can get a bit yeah. Is someone there a porn star? No, no. So I, I, I think so just asking asking how would he know? Like, see, he went scrolling through videos to find out if this person. Well, maybe they said during the thing. Yeah, I, I, I could be a porn star. Without... No, he clarified that he's not. He was just asking. So why the hypothetical if it doesn't relate to your marriage? <laughs> this is the thing. You can't... This is the thing. It's like, are you asking questions for the sake of asking questions? Or are you asking hypothetical questions that are actually the situation you're in? So oh, I'm asking for my friend. Um, exactly. So, you know, that, that kind of makes it a little bit awkward. But, I mean, there's wisdom because he said, you know, some things don't ask it here. Yeah. You know, the, the pastor literally said, don't ask certain things here. We'll talk about that one-to-one. And we have one-to-one sessions planned. Later on as well. So. so, what kind of questions do you ask? Who me? Yeah, I tend to ask maybe regarding what they've said, and I haven't really asked that many questions to be honest. Um, you know, the the pastor said this one thing, and I'll probably throw this out there since we're here. He said he, he you know, it was did a bit of wordplay with the word bridegroom, mm-hmm. and he says that's because the groom has to the groom's it's the groom's job to. Oh, it's a man's job to groom the bride. That's why he's a bridegroom. And my understanding of that is you, um, you as groom, as the groom, as groom and the bride, you attend to her every need. You try and take care of her, try and provide whatever you can uh, that she, she wants or requests. But how do you do that consistently? Firstly, without leaving a burden of guilt on her that she feels like she has to repay. Um, and then secondly without it losing its novelty or significance because you're always doing things for her she gets used to it so how, mm. how do you do that uh, how do you um, are you asking that I, 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 that's why I asked him he hasn't answered me yet so I'm, I'm throwing it out here okay. what do you guys think um, for me I see a sense of loving your wife as Christ loved the church in that yep. in the sense of um, that's my, my motto for my marriage I don't know as um, it said that he 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 cleansed his bride that he may present her to himself unblemished yeah. and I, I see a sense of that in it and I see a sense of that even in my marriage where um, it's not necessarily trying to mould my wife to what I want her to be or how I think she should be mm. but it's sacrificially continually loving her mm-hmm. and um Never taking for granted that I have figured everything out mm-hmm. about her, and it's continually like discovering new stuff, continually being active and like actively trying to engage with her, actively trying to act as though I don't know everything about her, and so still being surprised by little things, still diligently trying to learn her likes, her dislikes, even three years in marriage. Um, so, what's the last thing that you learned about her? I can't share it. <laughs> Smart answer. Oh, <laughs> uh, why not? I can't share. It. 
we're going back to the question that was there before. No, but what, what's your perspective? I know you're curious, but I can't share it. Also, how do you do that without it losing its significance or and it's leaving a burden of guilt? I think that that is something that you can't um, necessarily ensure. Mm. Um, it's like when Paul says, um, because where sin abounds, grace abounds, shall we sin that grace may abound all the more? Mm. Certainly not. And it's almost like, yes, he's loving me unconditionally, should I now take this for granted? And I think it's almost, um, that's where the wives serve your husband as the church serves um, Christ. Yeah. Well, so it's a case of, yes, we know that God's grace is abundant, but still being moved by the sheer fact that his grace is abundant on a day-to-day basis. And it's, it sounds so like spiritual, and it sounds like not necessarily providing um, a practical answer in terms of what can you do. But I think it, it very much depends on your wife's or your spouse's relationship with the, God. The onus there isn't on the guy, it's on the woman. Yeah. And it, it's the more that they kind of dig deep into God and to fellowship with Him, the more that they will appreciate the husband that has been given to that has been given to them. And the vice versa, the man, the more that you kind of press into God, the more you appreciate her, and the more that you doing that to her on a regular basis won't necessarily be a chore. And her reciprocating it won't necessarily be out of guilt, mm. but it will all be like a an appreciation of what God has kind of given you in that in that union. Mm. So yeah, I was just saying that's that's my understanding mm. of it. Anyways, how about yourself, Robert? Robert? Uh, I'm gonna ask personal questions. Well, <laughs> what? Yeah, but what's, what's what do you think? What's your perceptions of it? What's the question again? Bridegroom, groom, and the bride. How do you? continue doing that without making the wife feel um, guilty or like she has to reciprocate it and okay. to some degree. So, and also how do you do it without it losing its significance? Yeah. Um, so grooming the bride, like one thing I've always found interesting is that um, the church is called um, Jesus' bride yeah. and, and not his wife. Mm-hmm. And I think I was listening to, to, to one sermon, I think it was Tim Keller. And he was saying that like on on that wedding day, like in your eyes, that's like like one of the most beautiful times you will see her. Mm. And it, 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 it's just about like I guess doing doing whatever it takes to make sure you always see her as as as, as beautifully mm. as you saw her on that wedding day. I like that. Uh, I do. I do. And then with the whole no no novelty thing. Mm. I think it's two things. One, you need to listen. Mm. Because, because girls like to talk a lot. And, like, they say a lot of things in passing. Yeah. And if you listen closely enough, you can, like, pick up on stuff. And then you can, you can use those pickups to, like, yeah. and, like, implement them. Because, mm-hmm. so, like, I remember there was this, there was, there was this one, babes. <laughs> Man, man's flinging into the archives. Many moons ago. <laughs> Many moons ago. It know? was yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um. She must have. Yeah. She'll. She'll. She'll talk about how she likes eating strawberries. Da, 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 da. Oh, fam. 
It's, it's just PG. It's PG. It's PG. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. I have strawberries. I'm just... Yeah. And and I know that um, she, was, she, was, she, she, she wasn't a person to eat breakfast in the morning. Yeah. Which is something that annoys me. I don't know how girls can do that. How do, how, how do you leave your house without eating breakfast? Very easily. Just woke up. Quite simply, actually. Anyways. Now you think about it. <laughs> so... Um, so I made it from a, 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 a point that whenever I would walk her to work in the mornings, I would take her some strawberries to eat because I knew that that would be her eating and I yeah. knew that she would like the strawberries because they're strawberries. Yeah. And then like when she was fasting, and I know she's the type of girl to never like have water with her, even though she she, she like she like drinks water while she's fasting. Yeah. So like whenever I went with her to like her prayer meeting when she was fasting, I'd always carry a bottle of water for her. Yeah. Just uh you know? Okay. And um, in the words of Getz, as uh, as we listened to in the car, <laughs> do your research. You know, the internet is actually like an amazing thing. Yeah. Like through the internet, there are, there are an infinite amount of like um, websites that can give you information about how to keep things fresh, how to how to keep things fun and new. And and yeah, so like, you don't even have to do that I think that you're missing the question though, I think you're missing the question, because the question isn't, like, how to keep, the, the, the loss of novelty isn't in doing the same things, the loss of novelty is constantly doing, constantly being the groom, that being, mm. you know, constantly doing that, constantly making things fresh, how do you do that without losing, mm. the, 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 that losing its significance? Yeah, like a, like a trivial example is you used to wash the dishes as a sign of art, like whatever, like a gesture. Yeah. And then it became, got to a point where she just expected you to wash the dishes, where it's just like, <laughs> the dishes are still there, you know? It's like, swear <laughs> up, so you can't wash it, nah. <laughs> so it's like, something trivial like that, where there's, there's like an inbuilt sense of appreciation when you do it. Mm. How do you kind of ensure that if, if you a more, can? A more extreme version would be like, God waking us up every morning. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, we take it for granted that he wakes us up in the morning and he doesn't have to. But in my, but, but maybe my counter question would be, do you do those things because you like her to appreciate you doing them or are you doing them because you appreciate her? Because if it's if it's the former, mm. then, then you might as well not do it. If it's the latter, mm-hmm. then whether she like is thankful or not, you're doing it because you love her, regardless of, of her. Just, just, uh, just like how a parent will, co- will like continuously do things for their children, even though the children can be pagans at times. You know, sometimes for the parents, it's not even a case of this is my child. Like, it's it's more a case of if this person steps out looking like this, it's gonna look yeah, bad on me. me. Mm. So I might as well do this so that no one is gonna judge me. But yeah, I get what you're saying in terms of that. Um, practically, I do see a sense of. Um, almost taking it for granted and becoming complacent so it's not per se that I'm doing it that uh, uh, the husband is doing it so that the wife appreciates it or the wife says thank you but almost the wife becomes complacent and almost just expects it Um, I guess it's something that that you have to talk about and say look I'm I'm feeling a bit unappreciated but then then you go back to are you doing it to be appreciated? Oh, no, 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 no. Um, do you see what I mean? Yeah, like, it's, yeah. Just, it's a bit of a... Like, I do get what you mean, but it's a bit of a catch-up. Yes, I think what Mo said, I think, definitely resonates in the sense of the onus then isn't necessarily on you, the guy. 
you keep doing your thing. Yeah. Her thing is again, maybe to not get complacent, not get, not take for granted. And just, just pray about it. And pray about it. And you know, um, so no, you had four sessions mm-hmm. of, of marriage counselling. Just having like a million. So do you feel like your four was enough to to to, to prepare you for marriage? Um, I feel like my four was a foundation for further discussion between the two of us. So um, we looked at stuff like. I think the first one that we did was communication. Um, and that's pretty much the only one that I, I can remember word for word in terms of title now, which kind of indicates three years down the line how impactful and how important I still feel it is. So we looked at expectation, we looked, we looked at uh, communication, I think we looked at expectation, and then we looked at like um, finances and something else, I can't remember. But... Um, we looked at communication first, and he, he was very much. Sorry, what's the question again? <laughs> was your four weeks of marriage counseling enough for you? That's it. Um, yeah, because I was about to go off on a tangent, and I was like, "Wait, you need to make sure that you answer the question." Um, was it enough? I I believe it was, because um, Jamila and myself had been very intentional about getting married. And because of that, we had already started talking about. Don't get married by accident. Trust me. Like, oh, <laughs> damn, okay, cool. Oh, the that, ring that, just that ring actually wasn't for you. It's for someone else. Oh. I slipped and it, and it dropped, fell on your hand. Um, we had discussed tying your shoelace. Actually, things oh. you're okay, you're saying. Ah, might as well. So we had discussed things quite in detail and quite a lot. So before we'd even went to the marriage council we had discussed like how many children do you want um how do you view discipline in, in a family how many children do you want um we're looking at about four what's the nice number you know yeah we're looking at about four uh, <laughs> well, how, well, how many do you want no but you know four you're gonna have to get a different car yeah right, right. How that, many do you that's want? the only restriction i have i don't want to drive a car that seats more than five <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, looking at like three or four, um, we will need a different car or two cars. Yeah. Do you drive? I drive. Okay. Um, so yeah, how many children, discipline, um, certain nitty-gritty stuff like the computer being in the front room was the decision that we both, like, we spoke about and I was like, yeah, I don't want the computer being in a different room. Leia! Thank you. Because if someone has to spend a lot of time behind a computer, that's going to be physical time apart. Mm. Whilst even if someone's on the computer and I'm watching TV, we're still within a physical space. Mm. So keeping that proximity within the two time. Um, so it's like little stuff like that that we still we, we thought we thought of, we kind of um, talked through, and communication. So when as we we're going through it, we went through a lot that we had already discussed. Um, sessions lasted about an hour, hour and a half, because um, it's Baptist. It was a, it was a Caucasian. Um, <laughs> oh wow! It was a Caucasian guy, and yeah. they tend to have a different approach mm. to how like us blacks will tend to go about it. Mm. Again, general, uh, it's a generalization, but that's, <laughs> but that's that's what I've, I, I tend to see. Um, so yeah, it was very much, it was very different. It was very like open discussion, 
talking, he kind of shares some stuff about um, his life and how he's, he's seen things flesh out that they didn't necessarily plan, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So it, it was really good. I found it very beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, and it encouraged further talk, further dialogue as we were going through it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, mama. 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 Yay! <laughs> Do you think someone's mum just got home? Do you think six months is too long for most counselling? No, because they've arranged it. Like they've obviously structured it that way, and, and it's worked. They've done it for over twenty years. It's truth. It's worked. So I'm not, not going to say it's too long or too short. Do you know what? Yeah. Um, I initially would have been inclined to say, "Wow, that's long," but um, I was talking to someone at work today who is currently planning on who's going through the ordination process. Now, the ordination process in my denomination currently is very long-winded. What's your denomination? I'm not saying it. It's very long-winded. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at about at least six years. Ooh. At least six years to become a vicar. Mm. Um, and well, make sure that you want it. Mate, and I was proper like... Hold on, wait. If, if, if it's a vicar... And that's gonna make the church of England. Not necessarily. <laughs> Not necessarily. It was too long. <laughs> no, because I'm opening the bottle. I'm op- it's a can. A can. This so thing's not. You can answer questions. Yeah, the can opener needs replacing. Mm. Um, not necessarily, but um, six years to become a vicar. Six years to become a vicar, and yeah, yeah. Kind of fun music for this. Yeah, I think. Might be able to either. Use a bread knife. Sorry about this, guys. We're trying to open a can of Yes, yeah, still the same. Same with Hala. Have these guys getting defeated by a can? <laughs> let's use. Let's see you try. Let's say being defeated by a can is there. Can we try then? It's it's the thingy. Yeah. So six years to become a vicar. Yeah. And I was talking to her, and I was like. Like what, I, f- I found it very long-winded. Like what's your thoughts on it? Mm. And she was like, yeah, like it's three years worth of studying and then another three years of you working as an assistant vicar to somebody else. And that's if you're accepted onto the course in the first place. Because initially, you need to go through like a panel and then they'll kind of prayerfully discern if they feel as though that call is on your life. Um... And if they discern that is on your life, then cool. If they don't discern, but your overriding leaders like yeah, yeah it is you can still get put onto. Yeah. But long, long, long thing short. Um, can, can we just squeeze it out? Robert is struggling. I'm not struggling. I'm just you know. He's, he's, he's got, failing. He's got a different route that actually wasn't work from the beginning, and I'm just watching him like yeah. Just taking my time. Mm. Oh oh, I heard the sound. I heard the sound. It doesn't work like that. Man. <laughs> Yeah, it actually doesn't work like that even, so yeah, then it's wrong. So, um, as I was speaking to her, she said, yes, it's long-winded, but it gives you the pro- the time to be able to consistently pray and consistently and prayerfully evaluate as you're going along the process to see if this is really what you want to do. Mm. And plus, thinking about it from the perspective of six years mm. for a lifelong ministry. Yes. So when I thought about it like that, I was like, you know what? 
that's not a long time. Mm. If you're going, if you're roughly going to be in leadership until you're about fifty, mm. actively leading until you're about fifty, and then you start at twenty, they normally let people in from eighteen. Mm. If you start at eighteen, six years, just you're looking at about what twenty-four, twenty-four, yeah. and then you're serving until you're fifty. Mm. That's a lifelong commitment. Yeah. So to be able to dedicate six years to ensure that this is what you want to do doesn't actually seem that long. Yeah, you might want to take it to the kitchen, cuz. I'm doing so well. Just give me a plate. And it's the same with a marriage. Six months to prepare for the rest of your life doesn't seem that long. Doesn't seem that long. So yeah, um, I think... <clears throat> we are in a I realised after that conversation that I, I was of a mindset and to a degree I still am that hurry up just get it done and keep it moving mm. um, if you're called to leadership just get the training done get into leadership and just keep it moving mm. learn on the job almost but it's like how many pastors would have appreciated six years to train to learn from someone more experienced mm. before they actually get thrown in the deep end because yeah. I've seen guys that after a year crash and burn mm. six months crash and burn mm. But if they were in training on, under someone for that time, they would have crashed and burned whilst under someone. So it wouldn't have yeah. had such an impact. Yeah. Um, I think as well, it gives you it gives you a chance to really count the cost, as you said. You mm-hmm. know, you, you are preparing for like a lifelong commitment. The amount of time you put into preparation um, shouldn't be um, shouldn't be something that you take lightly mm. at all. Yeah. If you are a marriage counselor. I'm not. How would, what would your approach to the whole process be? That's the question I can only ask after being married, to be honest. Okay, um, Moses, answer the question. Raw, <laughs> <Right>, okay. <laughs> Sounding like you're about to crack out a whip or something. Um, would you like that? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah, speaking of, speaking of whips. Can he answer the question first? No, 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 before the question. Do you get to talk about sex toys and stuff in marriage counselling? Who are you asking? You, Peter. <laughs> we haven't yet. I don't think we'll talk about toys. Picture man just comes out of a tub of lube, slaps it on the table. This is KY Jelly, guys. He knows what it's for. You're a bad boy if you know what it's for. I'm gassed. <laughs> um, no, I think the way that they set it up, I think there's room to talk about it if mm. people want to. But again, it's one of those things where why not just talk about that in private with him? Yeah. Why, why, why because other people might benefit from it. I don't need to benefit from your personal stuff with your personal spouse. Mate. Um, I, if I was to run a um, marriage counselling session, mine would very much be conversational. Mm. Um, it might be because I did counselling or whatever, but it would very much be conversational, um, prayerful. Bruv, you, you look like you're struggling. If I'm, I'm going to be able to do it. It's going to be very much um, conversational yeah. and it's going to be a case of looking at <laughs> looking at expectations, looking at um, pasts, looking at like actually sitting down and looking at things together as a couple and yeah. saying realistically what does the first year of marriage look like to you or what does the first marriage of uh, first year of marriage is like you, you might want to drain that out you know no no actually no, there's far <laughs> too much water in that than the plate can hold <laughs> okay I'll use okay. <laughs> you guys took up you back <laughs> hold on
Oh yeah, I might need that. This guy's struggling. Fam, I, I've done more than you guys have done, didn't I? We did the wrong way. Who did? You. You did the wrong way. Which is why you have to leave. <laughs> so yeah, I will very much. Um, I haven't. I haven't actually thought about that. Mm. But um, the manners in which I've been, the way in which I've been speaking to couples and stuff has very much been conversational, mm. and like little things that one person will say will trigger a response from somebody else yeah. that would trigger a response from their partner yeah. that would kind of steer the conversation yeah. and it almost reveal inconsistencies in the way that they kind of think things will plan out. Yeah. Um, inconsistencies in like... Um, oh, what's the word for give and take? Compromising. Compromising. Yeah. Inconsistencies in compromising and like realistic expectations of like sex yeah. and what impact each person's past kind of has on the relationship and actually talking that through mm-hmm. uh, finances like joint account separate account why what's it going to look like those stuff there mm-hmm. children um, how are you going to raise the children like what type of schooling are you guys thinking about mm-hmm. if you guys are thinking about um, ministry what importance is the family going to have on that stuff like that so um, almost throwing in real life scenarios and just kind of giving them room to talk about it mm-hmm. I think personally, I think I'd, I'd try and build more of a structure again. It would just be, it would just be based on, you know, life after marriage. So I can't really say much. But I think there would be a, a bit of a structure covering, um, or, or trying to cover at least a few basics or a few major points that mm-hmm. I think are easily missed. Because uh, you know, I guess you guys would be unique in having talked about things very extensively before because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. in current counseling what you find a lot of people there are things that they haven't thought about or mm-hmm. haven't talked about and it could even be simple things that are easy to miss um, so you know, what, what, one thing I appreciated about the marriage counseling that we're having is the first few the first session was alright what's marriage biblically what's marriage legally what do you have to do to get married legally, to get married um, spiritually, all of those things. Like it covered a lot of things, and I never knew about giving notice to the council, and you know having to sign the papers and whether mm-hmm. you sign that at the church and what that means. And uh, so, whole. Luckily, I'd done the research, but it was good that at the beginning of um, the marriage council, which at least would be six months ahead, he laid that out for us. So now people are thinking, okay, I have to go and give notice. Mm. But they don't, they don't teach it in school. No. Like, and no one ever says it. Or in church, yes. They think they say it in church. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't say it in church, do they? Because in church, you just see, if you're, if you're lucky enough to get married in a registered building, you see them go off and go and sign mm-hmm. the papers and it's all cool. But if you don't do that, there's no information uh, otherwise. And, and the, the councils don't necessarily make it as clear either. Mm. So... Uh, stuff like that those are some of the things that I'd want to cover if I was a uh, thing but again until I get married I won't really be able to say completely oh. what about you? you probably just cover sex and sex toys and in the first week no <laughs> <laughs> okay. well, what I think they're doing as well with these guys I think they're saving the sex stuff for the end because they don't want to you know awaken love before it's time fair enough I think for me, I would 
I'd want to get like not elders, but you know, have like a staff group made up of of, of people of different marital um, statuses. Mm. So get some like some like married people, get some people who'd been divorced, yeah. maybe get some people who'd been remarried, yeah. because with each one, you've got a different. A, 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 a different kind of perspective because yeah. like the mad people they obviously found a way to make it work yeah. divorces maybe not so much that's a hard one but I hear that and, and yeah like Mo was saying like I think communication based um, question like question like, um, what am I saying um, maybe debate based com- um, question based just uh, just so people can think for themselves, mm. because like it's it's very easy to be fed information. Mm. You think, oh, this is good information, but then there's a question that comes up that you, that, uh, um, that you wish you would have asked, mm. and then you didn't, and then you get a bit stuck. <coughs> I think one thing that definitely has come out is that everyone's got a slightly different structure and a slightly different way that they would approach it. Mm. Um, based on what we kind of know now in terms of where we are right now. Um, so I just want to say that for those listening, for those who are considering marriage counselling and stuff like that, it would definitely be worth kind of looking around and seeing what is available in different styles and different approaches. And as a couple, deciding which one best suits you as a couple. Not trying to turn your, turn your sight away from ones that might be beneficial that still might rub you up the wrong way or something like that but just being honest with yourself and being like alright cool which ones do we think we will engage the best with and truly get the most out of even if it is challenging even if it is uncomfortable as Peter said his church don't really talk about sex but this one from day dot and for him that was uncomfortable it was uncomfortable it was just oh, so interesting it was interesting <laughs> but it's like refreshing yeah, it is it yeah. so it's a case of for somebody else it might be uncomfortable but it's still knowing that, right, that is a part of marriage yeah. to varying degrees for varying do- uh, couples. But it's still a, a part, yeah, it is still a <laughs> ma- big part of, of marriage. So kind of knowing, um, deciding where to go yeah. based on where you're getting married and stuff. Um, and yeah. Do you think every church should have a dedicated marriage counseling program? Do you know what? I think every church should have a dedicated talk on sex, dedicated way that they approach it, that they talk about it. Um, not just for marriage context, because we know that guys are having sex outside of marriage. And girls too. <laughs> so if we're Most only the talking, guys we're talking about we'll be having it with girls, but yeah. Please, please. You'd be surprised these days. <laughs> for real, you know. Yeah. Alter boys doing it with like. Sorry. Okay. Um, right. So um, it's a case of if we only kind of reserve sex talk for those who are considering marriage, then what are we actually addressing those who aren't? Um, so yeah but this is folk, um, purposely about marriage and stuff I'll say yeah there needs to be some sort of information or knowledge or talk I think you, you like we look at some of the kids nowadays and you're like what 14, 15 mm. 12, 13 they already know about sex they already know what, what it is so it's like if you're not addressing it in church from a biblical point of view and like defending or, or explaining what the biblical standpoint on it is they're going to get their information from elsewhere because they will have questions and if they can't bring those questions to church they're going to take those questions to their friends and you know the the worldly view of sex is very different from 
the biblical view, you know. Um, and, and, and the scary thing is, you've got Christians who, who don't even necessarily believe in... Uh, sex before, uh, in, yeah, in not having sex before, before marriage, yeah. You know, and it's like because we we we, we, you know, we focus on the wrong things. If you only focus on blessings and that's all you think about, you know, then it's like it's an afterthought, you know, and, and you're not thinking about purity, you're not thinking about accountability to God, you're not thinking about any of those things. You're not even thinking about why God said like marriage sex is only meant to happen from, within from marriage. It's almost paradoxical because, like, sex is like one of the biggest topics in the church, but it's not something that a conversation that happens oh, in no. church. Which is probably why it is one of the biggest topics because <laughs> no one wants to talk about it. No, no one no. talks about drugs in, in church. And but then, well, I guess because more, more often than not in, in some churches, well, at least in, in most churches, that's not an, 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 a visible issue. Like, you rarely see someone, okay. I mean, obviously, I'm speaking from my church, but I've never heard anyone get suspended because they were caught smoking the doobie or something like that. <laughs> Man said the doobie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you know, like you don't hear that. Not to say people don't. I don't know if people do, but I just find it interesting if that makes sense. Mm. But then you know, you always hear people getting uh, people getting suspended for having sex outside like marriage or someone got pregnant or whatnot. So it's just, so it's an interesting one. Good afternoon. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Um, yeah. My mind's gone blank. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, so speaking about sex in church. Might as well. Um, no, how, we're not talking about having sex in church. I've actually got a question about oh, that. Gosh, I've actually yeah. got a question about that. So, um, so like right now, uh, my church is doing this project called the Rose Project, and like every Thursday night, they like invite some homeless guys in to come and sleep over for the night. Mm-hmm. And there's always like a couple of church people sleeping in, sleeping in the office mm-hmm. whilst the other guys sleep sleeping as, as as they do. And then, <laughs> I was thinking, so if you go, like, during the night, and you're sleeping over with your wife, are you allowed to have sex in church, and it'd it, it be okay? My, my thing is, yeah, can you, like, contain yourselves for one night? Because it's, it's not necessarily, you know, if, if I was to walk into a church and I saw people having sex, I'd just be like, yo, like... That's, that's slightly offensive. But they're married, dude. It's the house of God. In, in, in as much as... Um, but act of worship is at the house of God, you know? <laughs> it's that, thing. I, I don't know. I, do you know what? I, I would say, you know what? For... Because it's, it's, an, it's a public place. It's a public place. And legally, you're not allowed to have sex in public. If you have sex in public, you can get arrested. What about pornography? Eh? What about pornography? Well, watching porn in public. If you watch porn in public, people will tell you to turn it off. Is that illegal? <laughs> watching, I don't think watching porn, I don't know about that. But, Same kind of thing. But having sex in public is illegal. No, yeah. but if, if you're... Well, watching wa- people have sex in public. But that's on a screen. <laughs> you, can, you can keep it discreet. <laughs> what was I saying? Because... 
You know in Thornton Heath, there's yeah. a there's an internet cafe, mm-hmm. and I remember once walking past this one guy. Your back is to the window as well, so the screen's to the window. Mud. Watch it. I remember one time in secondary school, um, it was phone time. Yeah. And then like. Dad, yes, Baba. Really? Okay. Bye. And then like during form time, like a form tutor would like allow us to use the computer sometimes, like in, in the mornings. <laughs> so my guy was on this was on the computer. Yeah. And, and it's being secretive. And like the computer is attached to the projector. <laughs> <laughs> so I turned on the projector. <laughs> 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 I try and get some guy explaining to you, you know? Just oh, straight oh. out. Like, I, I didn't know what I was looking at. Yeah, that's the first thing in the morning, you know. I saw I saw a video um, lecture hall, and I don't know if yeah, I think I've seen it. that. <laughs> he's watching. I think his earphones came out, and like there's a lecture going on. He's sitting there, laptop open. He's got headphones in. You know, he, you don't know what's going on, and then the earphones I think pop out, and he didn't realize it. <laughs> Just, Molding and all this stuff, and then like people are like looking around and like, when he realizes it, tries to close the laptop and he's still going, he's still going, trying to switch it off. Right, just took it back and he just left, he just left the class. Oh my! But so what's so what's the consensus about sex in church? Again, like in a public place, the idea of you know, yeah, okay, you've if got it's all this, if it's secluded, if it's secluded. Uh, I, you know, then the man said it's not defiled. That's your favorite. It's, it's so. not. No, no one would be <laughs> none the wiser. If, if it's if it's in like a concealed place, blah blah blah, none the wiser. But it's like if there's if you run a risk of like someone walking in, exposing yourself to kids. I'm just so like, right. yeah. I'm just like, no. Nah, there's no need. I'm, I'm not, there's no kids there. But like, mate, you never know which homeless guy could be watching it. Yeah. It's just doing whatever. But um, <laughs> what, what to him by Houston comes. So if you've got a homeless guy. You know, that just passes by and hears something or sees something. And then, you know, it's causing him to have adulterous thoughts. You know, that's that's on you. So so the consensus is, it's okay as long as you don't get caught doing it. No. The consensus is chill. It's <laughs> one night, chill. The you consensus is... one night, chill. Yeah, exactly, man. Just, just... If, if it gets peaked, just go to your pastor and be like, yo, you know what, yeah? We can't stay here. We can't stay here, not tonight, yeah? We're going to stay in the hotel. Because it's a bit peak. What if it's on your bucket list? They need to reevaluate your bucket list. Take it off your bucket list, man. Gosh. You know what? Let's stop there. You're just gonna get. You're gonna get struck down by God. I'm telling you. No, because you haven't technically broken any rules. You see, even the fact that you're saying technically. Yes. Okay. 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 There's something wrong. Like no. Okay. No. Okay. Okay. You haven't broken any rules. Yeah, but intuitively, you know that there's something not right about trying to, you know, smash and down. Not necessarily. It's just, something, it's just something to say, yeah, I did. Just like, it's just to who? For what? Huh? Just like I'm um, joining the Mile High Club. It's just something you, you don't do it because... Even that, do you know how unsanitary that would be? <laughs> so my thing is, yeah, literally, you're having sex with your wife to be able to go to people and say, yeah, I've, I've done this. Even if... Not to everyone else. Yeah, even not to everyone else, to yourself. It's like, it's an ego thing. Yeah. It? I don't know, it just... Uh, if, you know... <laughs> <laughs> to each their own, isn't it? If, 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 if that's... Yeah, that's my tablet, Baba. You know, if, if, if that's what you want to do, 
and the Holy Spirit doesn't convict you, then it's cool. Hmm. If he is convicting you, don't don't turn a blind eye to it, yeah. So if I ever, if, if I'm ever, ever able to, we don't need to know. achieve that achievement. I don't, I shouldn't I, tell I don't you. need to. Keep it to yourself. I don't need to. Know. All right then. I'm alright. Cool. <laughs> Let's round up there. Thank you for listening, today, guys. <laughs> Kyle, I, hope, I hope this has been an eye opening. Addis, sorry. <laughs> I know it was Addis' request that we talk about married um, counseling. And we did. And it was very informative. And then you went on to talk about banging in the church. Which is. You know what? <laughs> uh, uh. You can find us on Twitter at The Venice UK. Of course. You can email us at tbsfriends.com. Um, hang tight, Bubbles and Rhyme. Is that right? Partners and Rhyme. Oh, it's always one of the two. I got it wrong myself last time. Yeah, so. you did. Yeah. And, and the time before that as well. Did I? Yep. Wow. Hang tight, Calvin Turner for the Ordinary Amazing logo. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can find us on all good podcasting websites and apps as well. I listened to it on, on I think it was, what's it called? Something Addict. Podcast Addict. Podcast Addict. So, we're there as well. I use Pocket Cast. It's on there as well. Okay. Um, you can find us... It's on the podcasting app on iPhone. Easy to find. It's on SoundCloud. Easy to find. Forward slash Blacksmith's Furnace. No apostrophe. You can search for us on iTunes. Blacksmith's Furnace. with no apostrophe. And all, all other good podcasting websites. Yeah. Do you know what? Shout out to IBK, yeah? Because I just got one DM. Someone just slid into my DM. Not like that. But like someone just popped, um, popped a message in my Instagram DM talking about photography and said IBK like puts man up. So shout out to IBK. Yeah? Sorry. Major shout out. Major shout out. I know. IBK is a big listener. For real. On a, on a weekly basis. Helps us out. Yeah. Cool. And um, any anything coming up that we talk about? No. Oh. Um, Pearl Pearl Pearl. That's not going to be until. Next month. Yeah. yeah. Next month. It'll, it'll be the third week of April. Will you be there? Third week of yeah. April. Right? So, so tonight will be the. Reverb. Reverb. The 4th of, of April. April. Not going to be there. That's going to be sick. Yeah, we've got um, Caleb Femi, the Young People's Laureate for London. And we've got another girl who's got her name. No, Ruth. not Ruth. We had to change it last minute. Oh, so yeah, I yeah, changed it last minute, so it's a different girl. That's why I've forgotten her name. But yeah, two dope acts, open mic stuff again. Caleb so Femi is serious. I mean, Caleb Femi, he yeah. is serious. Yeah, he yeah, he's dope. If you if you head to the Right Subscribers website, you can both see their names, get their Twitter stuff, their handles, and you can watch a video of all of them, uh, both of them doing their stuff. So yeah, it's a nice, good look. Shout out to Jaladi as well. He took over Kodak's. Yeah. That was kind of wow. sick. That's kind of sick. Don't work, you know. Like every, thing with that. Nah, no, no, just just for yesterday. Yeah. Like every time that I'm looking at this guy, like his work or talking to him, something else is popping off. I'm like, yo, it's putting in work. Like, these guys invented photography. That's what I'm saying. And he took over the Instagram. And he, like, yeah, they yeah. sponsored him to do a um, okay. a commission. Yeah. And then they gave him a phone to do the commission on, and also it's because they, they've brought like a specific phone. Which is meant to be like a camera phone, like a um, specialized camera phone. Gave it to him to do the thing, took over, yeah, stop, stop. Yeah, check him out on uh, Winning awards left, right, and center. Just. <laughs> okay, Kevin. So. <laughs> so I guess this is the Blacksmith's Burner signing out. Blah! <laughs>